0: What's up, everybody? This is the Locked On Yankees podcast, your daily podcast covering the New York Yankees. We are brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're a new listener, welcome. I'm your host, Stacey Gotsoulias. I'm an author of Baseball Prospectus, and you can follow me on Twitter at Locked On Yankees or at my personal account, Stace Gots. You can listen and subscribe to Locked on Yankees on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. And you can play Locked on Yankees on your smart speakers by saying play podcast Locked on Yankees. You can also email questions or comments to LockedOnNYY at gmail.com. In today's episode of Lockdown Yankees, in case you didn't know the name of the show, the first 100 times I said it, good Luis Severino returned. The price was wrong for David. The Yankees scored a bunch, and they held off Boston's division title celebration for another day. So we'll recap last night's game, we'll preview tonight's game, and we'll go around the league and catch you up on all of the division races and wild card news that you need to know. I will also apologize for boo-boo I made yesterday. But first up, let's talk about last night. I don't know about you guys, but when Severino started off the game with a four-pitch walk, it didn't exactly give me high hopes for the rest of his outing. Nor did I have them later in the, e- in the inning when the Red Sox had men on second and third with only one out. Thankfully, the first inning was not an omen for the rest of the night. I can't say the same for David Price, who also started his performance with a four-pitch walk. Both pitchers made it out of the first inning unscathed, but Severino was able to keep the Red Sox to only one run, while Price had some problems. Let's run through them, shall we? So the Yankees jumped on the board with a Miguel Andujar solo shot in the second inning. It was the rookie's 25th home run of the season, and... Apparently, he's the first rookie third baseman to hit 25 home runs and 40 doubles in a season. That's pretty good. Gary Sanchez walked, Luke Voigt singled, Gleyber Torres struck out, then Andrew McCutcheon walked, and Aaron Judge came up with the bases loaded. Now, he hit a ball to third. That probably should have been an easy out, but it went right through Eduardo Nunez's legs, And both Sanchez and Voigt scored to make it 3-0. Thanks for that, Nooney. Andujar would actually add to his double total in the third. He hit number 41 of the season, but he was left stranded at second base when the inning ended. Luke Voigt hit a solo shot in the bottom of the fourth, his ninth of the season. The Yanks went up 4-0. Now, Severino had a little bit of a blip in the fifth inning. Um, Eduardo Nunez doubled to start. Sandy Leone singled him home. But then Nunez, Nunez, um, Severino struck. Why can't I speak? Pardon me. Severino settled down and got Jackie Bradley Jr. to line out, Mookie Betts to strike out, and Andrew Benintendi to ground out. And after an Andujar fly out to left, Gary Sanchez walked again in the sixth inning and Luke Voigt hit his second home run of the night and his 10th overall to score the touchdown for the Yankees. Alex Cora had had enough of David Price and he brought in Joe Kelly. Price's final line was five and a third innings, six runs on five hits, four of them earned four walks and two strikeouts. Now, when Kelly came in, Torres grounded out for the second out of the inning. And then Aaron Judge got his first hit since coming off the DL, which advanced McCutcheon to third. And Aaron Hicks hit a triple to right that scored both Kutch and Judge. They would add a run in the eighth inning on a Greg Bird ground out. And then Justice Sheffield... Made his major league debut in the ninth inning, and it looked like his nerves and adrenaline got to, got to him just a little bit because he got into some trouble after he allowed back to back singles to start. He struck out Sandy Leone for the first out, but then he walked Jackie Bradley Jr. to load the bases for Moogie Betts, which is not an ideal situation. But Sheffield settled down threw a fastball in, according to him in his postgame comments, and induced a 6-4-3 double play to end the game. So Boston's celebration has been put off another day. So let's talk about Severino. This was a game that he needed. And like I said, it didn't look promising in the beginning, but he recovered nicely and pitched his little arse off. So his final line was six innings, that one run on six hits, one walk, and six strikeouts, and it was his 18th win of the season. Now, let's get back to David Price, because he pitched exactly how I wanted him to pitch. Badly. In his last four starts overall against the Yankees, he's 0-3 with a 10.34 ERA. The Yankees are hitting 309 against him, and he's allowed 13 home runs. According to a tweet by MLB on Fox, for his career as a Red Sox against the Yankees in Yankee Stadium, Price is 0 and 6 with a 9.79 ERA. He's given up 13 home runs and he allows 15.4 hits per nine innings. That is not ideal for anyone. (laughs) It was ideal for the Yankees last night. They looked like the team that they should be every time they go out and play. And what I find interesting is the fact that, you know, the Yankees can't seem to beat bad teams when they need to. But when they need to beat a good team, they can. And Boston has the opposite problem. They don't do well against their fellow AL playoff teams. So that's something to look for when the playoffs start. Um, You know, because I'm assuming the Red Sox are not going to lose out the rest of the season and they're going to clinch the AL East at some point, hopefully not tonight. And speaking of tonight, we will preview tonight's game. But first, so the Yankees will be looking for the sweep against the Red Sox tonight. And Masahiro Tanaka should be up to the task. But I feel like because everyone is gushing about how good he's been lately, he might have a dud tonight. He hasn't allowed a run in 20 consecutive innings, and he hasn't allowed a home run in 29. And that's usually his biggest issue. So, how much do you want to bet that he'll give up his first run on a home run? Anyone want to take that bet? I'm just kidding. I don't mean to be negative. Here's something positive about Tanaka. He's 5 and 3 with a 2.15 ERA in his last 11 starts. And facing off against Tanaka is Eduardo Rodriguez, who'll be making his fourth start since coming off the DL with an ankle issue. So his first and third starts were strong, but his second start wasn't. And since tonight's his fourth, let's hope that pattern continues. Rodriguez is 2-3 and with a 3 ERA and 7 starts against the Yankees. So I mentioned how Miguel Andujar hit the 25 home run mark. That makes him just the fifth rookie in Yankees history to reach that particular number. He joins Judge last year, obviously. (laughs) Mercer in 69, Joe Gordon back in 1938, and Joe DiMaggio way back in 1936. And only Gordon and Andujar accomplished this feat as infielders. So that should be a pro- to voting for him in the American League Rookie of the Year Award, voting. He's up against his teammate, labor Torres, Shohei Ohtani, and a kid on the White Sox whose name I can't recall, Palka. He hit his 26th home run last night. So, yeah, with less than two weeks to go in the regular season. And Duhar ranks first among American League rookies in hits in RBIs. He's tied. Well, he was tied for first in homers. <laughs> um, he's one behind Palka. And he's hitting 298, which puts him tied for first. And he's second in slugging with a 516 slugging percentage. Speaking of slugging, nice segue, Luke Voigt. Doesn't only hit home runs, he apparently can bench press 135 pounds with one arm. Now, I don't recommend someone doing that, and I really don't want to see him do that anymore because the Yankees don't need any key injuries. Voigt has been a solid contributor to the team, and They don't need him to shred his elbow because he's trying to show off in front of his friends. That's the last thing they need. And he has just been, he's been incredible. I mean, he's making the most of the playing time that he's getting from Aaron Boone. And I think it's great. And uh, poor Greg Bird can't do anything right. Although he did help the Yankee score a run on a ground out, so he contributed a little bit, but, you know, he's being Wally-pipped <laughs> by Luke Voigt. So yesterday, I had mentioned how my dad's birthday would have been yesterday, um, but I forgot to tell a funny story about him that actually happened 10 years ago last night. It was the last Friday night that the old stadium was open. They're playing, they played their series against the Orioles the 19th, 20th and 21st of September that year. And I decided I was going to get us two tickets for the Yankee game on September 19th, since it's his birthday and you know, it's the third to last game in the old stadium. I'd be a good daughter and do that. So we went to the game. And the Yankees were winning 3-2 in like the fifth inning. And my dad's like, all right, let's go. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, dad, they haven't even done YMCA yet. He's like, eh, I don't need to be here. and. I was slightly pissy because um, he had asked me how much I spent on the tickets, and I lied and said I got them through work because he would be pissed if he knew I spent a hundred dollars on them, fifty each, not a hundred each. Um, we were sitting in the main level, uh, just beyond. I think we were bet- we were between first base and the foul pole in right, um, in the not the first section from the field, but the second so they were pretty good seats and you know i wanted to do this for him because he's the one who got me into baseball and i thought it would be a nice birthday present and he's like yeah let's go and i had to leave because uh two months earlier i had moved home due to financial issues if i were still living in the city that night He could have left and I could have stayed for the rest of the game, but I had to leave with him. So let me run through this game, the box score. Okay. So the Yankees ended up winning 3-2. Carl Pavano got the win. Mo got the save. And Brian Bruni, Damaso Marte, and Jabba Chamberlain pitched in between Pavano and mo and held the score so that is some sort of interesting almost trivia there um, I ended up going to the last game in Yankee Stadium that Sunday because I just so happened to have the Sunday plan, so it was automatically in my package and That was an incredible experience. I will talk about that in tomorrow's podcast because it'll be 10 years ago tomorrow. It's crazy that it's been that long. I've gone through so many changes in those 10 years and it's just amazing to me. Um, I will say that I made it a point to just look around at the stadium and take it in because. It was the last time I'd set foot in there, and it was such a strange feeling knowing that. But I will talk about that tomorrow. And coming up next, I will take you around the league. But first... Everyone loves a night out, whether it's seeing your favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on our Yankees. Thanks to Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert, show, or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all live events you need to go to. You can sort tickets by price or you can look for seats in the section and row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for $20 off orders of $200 or more to save even more money. Just go to the App Store if you have an iPhone or Google Play for Android and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Every purchase you make is backed by a $100 percent buyer guarantee from the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more vivid seats has it all so download the app and enter the promo code locked on for $20 off orders of 200 or more and let vivid seats help you get to your favorite live event so it's time to go around the league and First, let me apologize for being an imbecile. <laughs> I've been mistakenly saying that some teams are already eliminated from the playoffs when they're not. They're eliminated from winning their division, but they're still in play for wild card spots. Look, I get confused by the standings at this time of year with all the different numbers and this team is back here, but they're not in back there and, you know, so my apologies to the Mariners who will probably still get eliminated anyway, but aren't yet. And uh, speaking of the Mariners, they stomped on Houston in Minute Maid Park 9-0 last night. And while they're out of the running for the NL West, they're seven games back in the wild card. And remember how I mentioned Houston not being able to win at home as much as they do on the road? There's a prime example. Uh, the Angels were useless last night and allowed the A's to not only shut them down, but curb-stomp them as well. The A's won 10 nothing, and Steven Piscotti had a big game. He hit a home run, and he collected five RBIs. I mean, good for him. He's had a rough season, and to see him playing as well as he's playing is a nice thing. He lost his mother to ALS earlier this season, and he seems to be playing for her, which is honestly the sweetest thing ever. So good for him. I just don't want him to play any part in knocking the Yankees (laughs) out of the wildcard game. So do your stuff now, but don't do it in the wildcard game. Yassiel Puig hit a Pinch hit three-run homer to help the Dodgers sweep the Rockies out of Chavez' ravine. The Dodgers are now two and a half games in front of the Rockies for the NL West lead. Now, the Diamondbacks aren't dead yet. They beat the Cubs 9 nothing thanks to a resplendent Robbie Ray, who only allowed one hit and struck out eight. And they also won thanks to an offensive outburst that came after a shakeup to their lineup. Reese Hoskins hit his 32nd home run of the year to help the Phillies beat the Mets 4-0. They kept pace with Atlanta, who beat the Cardinals 7-3. Hoskins uh, announced yesterday, or it was announced yesterday, that he has signed with Scott Boris. So good for you, kid. Get your money. Now, don't look now, but Tampa is heating up, and there's still... In the wild card race in the AL. They won their fifth game in a row last night, sweeping the Rangers, and they're only five games behind the A's for the second wild card. After the Yankees play the Orioles this weekend, they're going to Tampa for four games, and I am frightened about that. The Yankees haven't had good luck playing down in Tampa this season, and with the way Tampa's been playing lately, and with the way the Yankees have been playing lately, it worries me a bit. Milwaukee beat Matt Harvey and the Reds last night seven nothing. They added to their wild card lead and they gained a game on the Cubs, and they're only two and a half out of the NL Central lead. So things are still exciting in the NL. So that is it for today's episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I have been your host, Stacey Gottsulius. You can follow me on Twitter at Stace Gots. And once again, you can email us questions at LockedOnNYY at gmail.com or tweet us at LockedOnYankees. You can also rate this podcast on Apple and on Google Podcasts. Subscribe at Apple, Google, Spotify, and Stitcher. And if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about the podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. And before I go, be sure to visit LockedOnYankees.com to read Matt Gregory's latest piece on how the Yankees actually do with runners in scoring position. That is a big thorn in everyone's side. And it turns out they're not as bad as you think. So go read that article and enjoy your day, everyone.